Hi, how's it going everyone? So chapter 105 of Chainsaw Man was recently released and it was quite an interesting story. I said it every single chapter but I think this one was particularly unique where we finally see a masterpiece in terms of storytelling. It's absolutely insane. It's very characteristic of the author, right? He's pretty sadistic and he likes to play with our feelings. So on the first page, you can see that Asa is getting chased by the war devil because the war devil was saying like, Asa, where do you think you're going? That Denji boy just told you he's Chainsaw Man. You aren't the sharpest tool in the shed, are you, Yoru? Are you calling me stupid? So you can see that the war devil is taken aback because suddenly Asa have more courage. Like the power imbalance kind of changed, right? Because at first I thought Yoru, the war devil, was very scheming, deceptive, and she was way smarter than Asa. But it seems like in this scenario, we realize that there's this power imbalance where in fact Yoru might be kind of stupid even though she's very powerful, she's a devil but she isn't as smart as we think she is because you know I mean my first impression was that oh wow she's powerful and she must be smart right? That's an immediate assumption but it seems like she's not and she doesn't have full control over Asa in this case and then you see that Asa just replies Chainsaw Man wouldn't out himself like that he would be in serious trouble if his identity got exposed. Not to mention he said he's a Chainsaw Man fan. He was even wearing a Chainsaw Man shirt. He would be so stupid if he was Chainsaw Man. <laughs> then you see uh, Yoru just replies, I'm not stupid, I'm not. Okay already, I take it back. That's what Asa replied. So you can kind of see that Yoru, even though she's the war devil, she doesn't really behave like an adult. Like the way she replies, I don't know, it just seems a bit childlike in that sense or maybe teenager-like. I'm not too sure, maybe I'm just jumping to conclusions. But you can see that Asa here is kind of smart, she can think logically, she can make assumptions, she can make guesses. But of course the guess is, is wrong, I mean. But then if you put yourself in her position, you will realize that you will also make a similar assumption, right? So she was able to reason herself out of this situation. She was able to convince Yoru, hopefully, that, you know, Denji is not the Chainsaw Man. So this was quite interesting, a different kind of power play, right? It shows the power have kind of shifted again, because at first I thought the War Devil was much more powerful, was in control, but she isn't. I mean, Asa can fight back, fight back in a sense where she can reason herself out of this kind of situation. She has more control. And then we see that Yoru says, oh, school's out, let's get hunting. We are almost out of time to get accepted into the Devil Hunter Club. And then we see that Asa replies, no can do, I'm visiting Yuko today. Then Yoru just replies, what? If you can't be bothered to help, I'm perfectly happy to kill you. Have you even thought about how to find Chainsaw Man? Then Asa says, beats me. Wouldn't he show himself if, he, if we drew a devil to school? So this was quite an interesting interaction for sure. It continues to flash out the power imbalance now, right? You can see that Asa just outright rejected her. Yoru was just telling her, school's out, let's get hunting. And then Asa just says, no can do, I'm visiting Yuko today. But then a few chapters back, it felt like she would have buckled under this pressure, right? She would have buckled under her request. But it's kind of odd, there's this, sudden, there's this sudden change. I'm not quite sure what's the reason. Maybe she become braver. Is there a 
compelling reason. I suppose Yuko is a compelling reason here, but I'm still unsure, uncertain here. It's quite clear that she has become braver, and when Yoru the War Devil threatened her to kill her, she just replies, beats me, wouldn't he show himself if he drew a devil to school? It just feels so different. He, she just feels like a different character. Is this a writing flaw? Is this a issue in terms of plot line? Am I missing something? He, is he even aware or there's a sudden change which I'm not too sure about? She doesn't give a shit now. And she's able to just reason herself again, right? She just reasoned, wouldn't he show himself if we drew a devil to school? Then you see that Yoru just realizes it. And I see, that's a good idea. That's what she said. So that was quite interesting to see that she was able to get out of another request again. She was able to reason herself out and get her way. Yoru asks, but how do we draw a devil to school? Then Asa just says, you are the smart one. You come up with something. In the meantime, I'm visiting Yuko. So this is quite interesting because Asa acknowledged that the devil is the smart one here. Is it because now she has a friend, become more confident? Is it because of the interaction with, with Yuko and after the incident with the Kokoch devil, if I'm not wrong, that she become braver and more confident? I'm not too sure what's going on. But then we see that uh, the war devil, Yoru, is just thinking, contemplating, and she was wondering, maybe I can actually tame her. Maybe she was referring to Asa that she can tame Asa. Then on to the next page, see that Yuko is just sitting on this lawn chair and in front of her house. I'm not quite sure what she's doing. She just replies, ah, chainsaw woman. It's chainsaw woman. <laughs> then she said, you saved me from a devil, you are chainsaw woman. So she seems to be very happy, even though she was injured. Then Asa just says, uh-huh, here I bought you soft drinks and then... Yuko is very happy, awesome, soft drinks. Gosh, I've had a zilch to do, but sunbathe. The sunset's really gorgeous from here. Sit down with me, Asa. Then Asa just sat down beside her. This, this is quite an interesting panel. I'm not quite sure is there a deeper meaning to it. it. It just shows them sitting side by side, but they're not exactly next to each other, adjacent to each other. They are divided by a door. In between them is empty space and behind them is a door. So this is quite interesting, right? it shows there's some sort of distance and maybe you know they are closing out the distance, becoming closer, I'm not too sure about this, but it's quite an interesting panel to show. And then Asa apologizes, she said she can't stand awkward silences, I never know what to say during these moments. Then Yuko replies, haha, what gives, it's not like I would know any better, I have never had friends either. So this is an interesting development where right? we realize that Yuko here doesn't really have friends, even though she is very bubbly, outgoing. Then Asa also couldn't believe it like us, you know. You are kidding me, right? You seem like you totally have friends. Then Yuko just replies, There are people I talk to in class, but you are the only one who's come by to check on me. I suppose even though she was very bubbly, she couldn't really establish any long-term deep relationship. Then Yuko continues to say, Oh, I know, at moments like this, you are supposed to share your deepest, darkest secrets. I read in a book once that having shared secrets is how you make best friends. In this part, you can clearly tell that whatever she say is true, that she didn't manage to make any friends, similar to Asa here, because these are the words that people who don't have friends would say, right? I read from a book, how to make friends. This is what friends would do. And then we see that Asa is just thinking about what to share, and she just thought of something and then Asa says I just thought about mine and I have way too many secrets I can never share and then Yuko just says really I want to know spill Asa says well here's one I can tell you this one time back in grade school I was holding my pee and while not peeing myself during class I lied and said it wasn't pee it was sweat <laughs> how do you lie I, I suppose you can I, I can smell it right and then Yuko just reacts no way then Asa says the whole class was nice enough to play along okay that's cool 
and Yuko just keeps on laughing. She kept on laughing and laughing and, and it's hurting her legs now. And then Asa continues, I still scream underwater in the tub when I remember it. We will all understand that feeling, right? We all remember, we have this memory of this terrible experience, this very <laughs> embarrassing moment in your life that sometimes you just want to scream. And, and we see that Yuko continues to laugh. I think this panel, right, and this page was quite interesting because it felt uncomfortable at, at this point. She was laughing way too much. I thought she was very understanding. But of course, you can kind of see some streaks of her being just very outgoing and just doesn't really care much, right? Because she was imposing herself on Asa previously. And I kind of justify it. You know, she's laughing. Maybe she's one of those friends that, I mean, it was really funny, right? That's why she's laughing. But I was a bit uncomfortable. Is she going to anger Asa? Because Asa is sharing something very deep down, right? It felt like the story was taking a turn. I mean, if you have read this chapter, you realize it really went on a turn, man. <laughs> it went on a U-turn, I suppose. And then we see that Asa just says, Are you okay? Because you can clearly see that she is very much affected by her laughing, really. Are you okay? Are you okay? My leg hurts. It hurts so bad. But I'm not quite sure whether Asa was referring to her hurting her legs or her laughing. She just said, Okay, her legs hurt. And then Yuko says, Geez, you can't go telling people that stuff. And Asa says, aren't we sharing our deepest, darkest secrets? Yuko replies, even then, geez, Louise. And Asa is trying to get Yuko's secret here. Then Yuko just says, after that story, now I have to share a big one. And this is the revelation, right? And then it's quite interesting. Once they finish talking here, right? We, we see this view that overlooks all these houses. I don't think there's any meaning. Maybe it's just setting out the mood. I'm not too sure about this. And I think this is probably one of the most interesting part in this chapter where you have two panels showing them having a dialogue, right? Back and forth in this case. Yuko says, promise you won't tell us so. Then Asa says, alright, alright. And then Yuko says, I killed someone yesterday. So this was like, what? Is she lying? I was like, I couldn't believe it, man. I mean, I was, I was wondering, is, is, she, is she real about this, right? Then Asa also couldn't believe it. Uh-huh, huh? Oh yeah, who? Yuko just says, my neighbor. And you can see that Asa still doesn't really believe it. She just says, wow. Why would you do it? She was like entertaining her. It felt like it, it was that way. And then Yuko continues to explain the reason why. And then it becomes more and more real, right? Because she was able to provide a sufficient reason, not some stupid ass joke that you don't have any reason. I just killed him. I mean, it's like a joke, right? But this was getting more and more legitimate. And she just said, because he go gamble at Pachinko, even though he was on welfare for disability. And then Asa just says, what the hell? He starts to realize that it might be true. And then Yuko just says, yup. And then Asa says, what the hell again? And then in the last three panels, we see them just sitting there in silence. And we can start to see that her emotions change a little, getting a little bit concerned. And then you see all these little panels build up to the next page, which is page 12 to 13. And we have this double page spread where we show the sunlight just shining down on the front door. And then you see two of them just sitting side by side and in this awkward silence. You can really feel the awkwardness here and she just realized that it might be true. And what am I supposed to say here? Because they are barely friends, right? They might not even be friends at all. And Asa was getting to know Yuko. It's a budding kind of relationship, right? But then suddenly she drops this true bomb. And I think this is probably one of the biggest betrayals or biggest like turns, right? Development of the story that I was talking about in the earlier chapters the discussion where there's something about her she can't be so perfect and it and as we all know this author this writer just like to throw curveball and likes to set you up to make you think that there's hope and then he will drop you down and make you realize that the world is just bleak meaning meaningless 
things can go haywire, there's always chaos. And this really encapsulates his whole approach to writing Chainsaw Man, right? Bad things happen. And, and even when there's hope, bad things will still happen, right? So this was absolutely insane. I really like this chapter. And this is the turning point where I was like, oh, as much as I like this development, I also really hate it because she was such a beacon of hope for Asa. Then she just becomes this crazy person, right? And then we realize why she became this crazy person. We can see that the sun is setting. And maybe this has some sort of subtle meaning to it, right? Where there was hope. There was light. Sunlight. Maybe the two panels, like the panel in page 8 to 9, right? I think it's page 8 or page 9 if I'm not wrong. Where you, have, you show the houses, right? The panel that overlooks the houses. It was like very sunny. Then you can see that the sun is slowly setting down. I suppose it kind of shows something, right? It denotes or signifies the hope that Asa had then once... Yuko reviews all this stupid shit then the hope kind of just dissipates right once we hit page 14 and 15 where you see the sun setting and the panel overlooks the sun setting behind the the flats right the houses and we see this old man passes by who's that Yuko friend of yours Yuko just says yup this is my friend then the old man just says have lots of fun while you're still young you hear then Yuko was like very happy and said yup we will that's old Mr. Asada he gives me pickles and snacks sometimes and then Asa was still trying to process whatever that Yuko just shared Asa just asked you were joking earlier right Yuko just says wanna see and this takes a turn right and in this panel it's also very interesting isn't it you see that her face is half shadow there's a half shadow and I think eventually at the end right it should be a full shadow right if I'm not wrong yeah it seems like it is because you see that when she was saying hi to the old man the old man was covered in shadow and she was her face was still like there's sunlight beating on her face but then as she continued to have a conversation the shadow is like slowly creeping into the half to the middle part of her face and then as she continues to reply asa asa's question right the body's in my backyard want to see it and then asa just says no and this is very scary isn't it and yuko says okay but anyway this is great we both shared secrets that means we are besties now i'm not too sure whether is she, was she hiding something is she a killer to begin with? I'm not too sure, right? And we later realized that the devil kind of have a contract with her. Yuko just continues to say, don't worry, I promise I won't tell a soul about your secrets either, about paying yourself. So it seems like she also is lacking some sense of morality or normalness, right? Because she was telling her that, oh no, I won't share your secret. Uh, I won't tell people that you pee on yourself. She didn't realize what Asa is going through because she just she just shared something so crazy, right, to Asa. And she, she just didn't even acknowledge that Asa is shocked by, by this whole thing. So this is quite interesting. There's some part missing. And, and I think this is an interesting page as well because she starts by saying like, oh, don't worry, I promise I won't tell a soul about your secrets either, about paying yourself. And then you read from this page, right? Then as you read to the next page, then you realize it gets worse and worse where she starts to reveal more and more deeper secrets that Asa never told Yuko before. And then she says about how you killed your teacher and class president and about Yoru. And then I was like, I was so surprised, man. Like, how, how does she know? I thought she was just a killer. She was just some crazy person. Then you realize, eh, there's something deeper to it, right? Then Asa just says, how did you? And then Yuko says, no secrets between besties, right? And Yuko just says, the thing is, I made a contract with the justice devil yesterday. A contract with the justice devil turns your sense of justice into power. I can read minds now. It's perfect for me since I don't understand people. And in this shot right here, the sun has set. Her face is covered in full darkness and shadow. 
it means something, isn't it? It just means that she turned, she changed. It could represent Asa's view of her. It was no longer hope anymore. She is no longer a friend. But this is quite interesting, right? It shows the powers of the justice devil. A contract with the justice devil turns your sense of justice into power. So it seems like Yoko here had a lot of justice in her. She really want to right the wrong. She likes things in balance, I suppose. She likes things to be fair, equitable. And in this case, she was able to turn justice into power. Which is quite interesting. I wonder how Justice Devil looks like. And then you can see that Asa is sweating. Is she really sweating? I mean, you can see bits of sweat coming down, right? And then Yuko says, now there are no more secrets between us. Uh, I feel better getting that off my chest. And Asa just says, aren't unauthorized contracts illegal though? Why did you go and make a contract with a devil? And Yuko just says, it's okay when it's in the name of justice, I made the contract to save you, Asa. Now it kind of, everything connects, right? Maybe Yuko here was truly a loner. And when she found out that Asa is like her real first friend, right? She really wanted to help Asa. And then maybe the justice devil notices this vulnerability. Notices that, you know, Yuko finally had a friend too. The justice devil took advantage of her and her need to help Asa. And then they form a contract in this case. Maybe that's the reasoning, right? This sucks, man. But yet it's, uh, it's an interesting turn of events. And then in the last page, we see that Yuko just says, I'm going to get rid of your bullying problem. Don't come to school tomorrow. And we all know what is going to happen, right? She's going to kill every single bully. Or kill every single student. And maybe this is the part where they're going to go directly head to head with our teenage heartthrob and our Denji, right? Chainsaw Man. Wow, imagine them fighting against one another. But I think this is quite interesting. I think the author found a good reason to keep Yuko around, right? Because previously we were so concerned with Yuko dying early on or Yuko sacrificing herself to become a weapon. And now, obviously, Yuko has a contract with a devil. Most likely, she's going to stay a bit longer. She might be a mini antagonist, we're not too sure. I'm still wondering whether is she speaking or is it the justice devil speaking? I don't think the devil can take over, right? Like the case of Asa, because Asa died. It's not really a contract, it's a full takeover. Whereas in this case, it's a contract. So I suppose um, Yuko is still around, is still present, and these are all the words of Yuko. And we noticed that Yuko might have jumped the gun in terms of this relationship, right? Asa was kind of like here in terms of the relationship. I mean, kind of hopeful, wants, wants to be friends, and kind of feels good about Yuko. But then Yuko was like, from here, then go all the way up. Like, she was jumping the gun. She was just, oh, I want to be your best friend now. Let's become close. I'm going to make a contract with a devil to save you, to help you. And then maybe you realize that Yuko is probably the worst, the worser version of Asa, isn't it? Even though Asa is a loner, she wants a friend or something, she needs companionship. But Yuko was even more of a loner, and because of that, she's like, going down on this path right to do all these things so it will be interesting to see how this develop how these two relationships kind of continue to grow right in the face of this new revelation and it's interesting this is amazing because you realize that in the last panel that it says to be continued it shows the whole house there covered in shadows and darkness it's such a good play on shadows sunlight the natural occurrence of a day against your nearby surroundings, right? It shows how there's a beacon of hope. There's hope, there's positivity, then it becomes darkness. Something bad has happened. And I think this, right, can you imagine this in an anime version? Because in a manga version, it's very good, isn't it? But then imagine this in an anime setting where you can see things frame by frame. And you can see the sunlight setting, the sun set, literally setting 
as they have the conversation, then it kind of just jumps to another conversation, then jumps to the part where she reveals that she is going to do this horrible stuff. Then it ends with this entire, all these houses covered in shadows. I think this really knocks all the previous chapters out of the water. This was absolutely insane. A masterpiece in terms of storytelling. And it really shows how good the author is. And it's very characteristic of him, right? Where he brings us all the way up and drops us down. Kind of sadistic, isn't it? I'm not too sure, man. I think I've gone on for 30 minutes. It's absolutely insane. I can't believe I talked for so long. But this was a very good chapter. So if you have enjoyed this, please subscribe and like.